Three, two, one. Do you go on one? Do you go after one? Three, two, one, then go. Right, okay. Three, try again. two, one. It's also very just... difficult over Zoom because there's a it slight is. lag. And I live in the countryside, so my internet's probably slower than yours. <laughs> I live in London where they just try to, you know, fleece everyone for all the money in the world. Oh, it's a nightmare. Like, just going into London now costs half the value of my car. A thousand pounds, yeah. Uh, right, so my phone on airplane. Right, good to go. What would you like to know? <laughs> well, what I'll do is I'll I'll start with a. Uh, I'm joined by Alex Goy, and then we'll just crack on, okay. and that's it. I've done that now, so we can we can just talk as though we're people talking. Um, but it's a, a real pleasure to have you, to be honest, Alex. You're you're someone that I've I've very fondly looked up to for the last couple of years since I've had any sort of engagement with you. Um, oh, bless you. You're very kind. There's no need, no reason to look up to me. I just say stuff on the internet and somehow get paid for it. It's ridiculous. It's inspiring. <laughs> it's what most people would love to be able to do. Um, but I, I know that you are possibly one of the most hardworking people in the world. I, um, I, I, I make a lot of fuss about the amount of work I, I end up doing. Whether it's actually equal to the amount of work that, that other people do probably isn't. I just complain a lot. <laughs> You know, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm a complaining type. I mean, the the last couple of years, I have rather pushed harder than I probably should have done for right. obvious pandemic end of world reasons and being a freelancer and terrified. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I've, I've, I've had a bit of time off this month. We're recording this what on the thirty first of January. My plan was to do no work in January. It was. I've roped you in games, on the last day. Books, <laughs> running. Uh, and what happened was I lasted two weeks, <laughs> just two weeks. And then, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very nice uh, thing to be able to say the phone rang too much. And there were enough like conversations from the end of last year that were then turned into ideas at the beginning of this year and people going, oh, well, do you want to like, can, can we start, can we action that? Can we do this? Can we do that? See, so, yeah, I, I got two weeks of doing literally naff all and I cannot recommend it strongly enough. Well, it's nice to take a break for like a myriad of reasons, really. Obviously, yeah. relaxing, resetting, getting out of a busy schedule for five minutes is, is all yeah. good for you. Um, I, I think it's often quite a missed thing, and it's something that uh, my other half recently has been shouting at me at. She's like, you need to just take a day off every week to just do nothing. Yeah. Just do nothing. Don't respond to phone calls or emails or texts, and don't go wandering around with your camera trying to create videos. Just do nothing. Play on your Xbox and sit in the room and do nothing. Yeah, just sit sit and do nothing. I think the, the most difficult bit, for me at least, was, um, you know, because you see people going out and doing stuff and doing things that are more exciting than, than sitting on sitting on your bum. And you do get those emails that come and you go, oh, I really should reply to that. I really should get around to that. Or I really should reply to this text. Or it's getting over the guilt of not doing that. Yeah. Is the most is the is the trickiest bit because um, you know I, I I don't know about you but the way I work is like I have to have something to do I have to be creating something which I, just hearing that come out of my mouth is amazingly wanky but like, <laughs> I have to create in order you're to an influencer now <laughs> but you have to you I I feel I I have to do something otherwise kind of my brain goes a bit stale. 
but for the two weeks I had off, I had to, the first week was, because it was, it was after Christmas as well when no one does anything anyway. So I kind of had that little bit of, I don't know, sanctioned downtime. Yeah. But uh, the next, the kind of the, the getting into the new year, it wasn't sanctioned. It wasn't allowed. So I had to recalibrate myself to actually stop feeling guilty for not doing anything. Yeah, go, you're always going against the grain, aren't you, doing yeah. it in January? And like, go, it, it's okay to play Deathloop for the whole day if you want to. It's all right to get out of bed at 11 because it's your time off. And like, de-guiltifying myself from that was really difficult. And then by yeah. the time it was over and I kind of, I had to pull myself out of it and go, no, we've got to go back to work, got to do stuff because, you know, money and breathing and I have to create. Um Getting back into the real world was so difficult. I was so used to getting out of bed at like 10, 10.30. I'd finished the end of the Absolute Radio breakfast show. I'd just sit in bed and doom scroll for a bit or, or read a book um, while listening to the radio. And uh, and then, you know, I'd, I'd roll out of bed at 10.30. I'd put on my runners and go for a, a lap of Clapham Common or I'd like lift weights and stuff uh, and then sort of gently saunter into the living room and have a cup of tea. Like it was the it was the best. And then getting up, it's like yeah, you actually have to start working by ten at least, because yeah. otherwise, you know, humanity doesn't function on on a different time scale. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. And it's one of those where, like, as I've tried to put a little bit more structure into yeah. doing the whole Tacona thing outside mm. of working a normal full time job, uh, and that in itself is is not a set routine. So I have to try and standardize yeah. some sort of routine just to keep all the things in my brain from spilling out horrendously yeah um, is, it was one of those routine i don't know i don't know how you found it when when the pandemic was was pandemicking but I was, I was chatting with a friend of mine he's like every day it just sort of becomes this amorphous blob that vanishes as quickly as it arrives and like yeah. you, you try and give yourself some structure because i had like i didn't have loads of work on I had like bits of work, but I've managed to rest. I've got a whiteboard at my at my desk or next to my desk, sorry, um, with who I owe what to. Um, like the, this piece for them, this piece for them, this piece for them. And I kind of rationed it to one a day. So one day I could be doing like a thousand word thing for an industry mag somewhere. And then the next day I'd be doing a 600 word thing for like listicle for the almost late drive tribe. Um, <laughs> and then I'd be like, OK, so get up at or start work at 10 11 ish do that four o'clock i'd then do gran turismo streaming and then i'd sort of five thirty six o'clock i'd go to my living room and i'd stick netflix on and yeah. that would that would be the day which is that's some structure though isn't it that's enough yeah. to give your brain right i know i've got these things to mm. do throughout this day and when when the lockdown hit i was actually off i used to work in a in a more corporate world i was a, a area manager for ups so i yeah. covered like all of sussex and oh, they, they were busy during the pandemic. They were, and I wasn't because I was off on stress leave for four months. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Just as the pandemic kind of came in, I was like midway through. So I'd had like a two-month like training on how to deal with not having to get up and have a normal day. Yeah. Unfortunately, doing the Tacona thing had helped give me something to put some structure to. Mm. and i i really strongly had to learn how to go right i'm going to get up at eight o'clock in the morning make a cup of coffee sit and read for half an hour then i'm going to go for a run or a walk and then i'm and it that was like a real kind of exercise in i've got to do this i've got to yeah. be disciplined i've got to 
create some sort of structure or I'm just going to get to the end of the day and go, oh, I've not done anything today. I feel like absolute crap. Um, <laughs> And it, I had like a, a head start on everyone on how that was going to be. So fortunately, when uh, when the pandemic started, about a month in, I'd written my first piece of writing was how to kind of keep an eye on your mental health and do things to help with it throughout the pandemic as a, as a car guy. Mm. And uh, fortunately enough, Henry Catchpole was very kind and sent that to the guys at Evo and it got into their website and all that. And I, I'm now at this point where I was like, well, the only piece of written work that I've actually done properly was in Evo. And I'm never going to do that again. So I've peaked at one and I'll just leave it there. And my whole I mean, writing career can be Evo. That's a good hit rate. Like I've written one thing and it's in Evo. Yeah. One to one. Job done. <laughs> but so it, it was one of those. So far you've achieved more in your writing career than some people would achieve in their entire lifetime of trying yeah. to get stuff into, into magazines or onto websites. Yeah. So one and done. That's it. I, uh, my writing career is over because I'm never going to get back up there. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's it. Um, but you've been a, a huge inspiration to a lot of people that have kind of wanted to learn how to get into like writing and journalism and have some kind of vagueity as to, I, I would like to do this, but I have no idea. And a friend of mine, as recently as yesterday, um, I went over to Bista for the, the We Are Scramblers rally morning. Right. Uh, I turned up in the 86 and they just went, oh yeah, go and park up with those cars with liveries on. I was like, great, the stickers are doing, <laughs> doing me a favour. Uh, but my friend that came with me, he's like a freelance um he writes for car and classic doing their their adverts for oh, yeah, yeah. car sales so, so know, he they, you, you go he, and t- take all the pretty pictures do like interview the owner that kind of thing yeah yeah that sort of stuff to help with the sale of cars more yeah. than anything um and he does photography and, and it, we were chatting i said so how did you how did you find getting into that and he went well i spoke to alex goy and he was really kind and he gave me a load of advice and oh, this time, i was like um, his name is Matt Hardwick. He goes under SFJ Creative on Instagram. Ah, uh, that's and, probably probably where I spoke to him then. Yeah, SFJ stands for Superfast Jellyfish, as in of the course. song. And we were chatting about this yesterday. I was like, you know, nobody understands why it's SFJ, right? He's like, I should probably change that. Um, but he, he referenced you as his like inspiration for being brave enough to step into it in, uh, in a proper way. And uh, how you'd given him some advice and some like, right, just write a load of stuff and send it to as many people as you can. And then it's see not, what sticks. The, the 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 thing is, like I've I've spoken to a few people. Whenever whenever someone asks me how do I get into this, there's never a reason to ignore that request. And I find it really interesting. Like I uh, I was I was chatting with a, a chap whose name I forget because it was at a, it was at a Christmas party, and there was some 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 adult beverages had been consumed, and. Um, we were on on the way out, and this kind of there was a tap on my shoulder, going, "Oh, you're Alex Goyle." I went, "Yeah, hi, who are you?" Uh, and he, he 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 told me his name, and he said, "Years ago, I emailed everyone, I emailed all the people I could think of to ask how to get into the industry, and you're the only one that replied." And now I work for this magazine. Wow. And I don't get why people. I I get people are busy, but it's one of the kind of more frustrating things. Like, oh, I've I've asked everyone, and I can't get any response. Like it takes no time to be nice and it takes no time to to give someone five minutes i mean the, the 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 way to do it there's no set way to do it there never has been a set way to do it i mean having enormous amounts of money and being an intern uh, until a job turns up is always helpful um yeah. and like that's you know knowing someone in the industry is always a good way to get in but the way i did it i mean i i tried to join the industry in 2008 which some of your more middle-aged listeners, hi, 
uh, will remember is when all the money fell off. Uh, that was the, I think, my second once-in-a-lifetime financial crash. The first one being 1992. Uh, oh, and we're in the third one now. So what a lifetime we've had. Um, yeah, my dad had an estate agent in 2008. And you can understand what happened to that. Oh, no. Yeah, I had a friend <laughs> bought a flat. Um just before it all kicked off, uh, and then he, yeah, negative XP, whole thing. Anyway, sorry, getting off topic. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I had to intern for ages. There was no work going. I just left university. I was, I was in a fortunate position that I was able to do that, um, not forever, but for enough time. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I, what, what did I do? We, I interned for as many places as I could. I set up a, a blog you know, alexgoy.com. Still got the domain, the website's long gone. I've no idea how to set it up again now, which is a great shame. Um, alexgoy.com is like, blog about stuff, make stuff, create stuff. Uh, I jumped on Twitter, spoke to as many people as possible. You know, there's these journalists that you want to interact with and you want to work with. Well, it turns out you can talk to them. They might not be able to reply because sometimes you do a tweet and like thousands of people jump on it and sometimes you're just not in the mood. But, you know, it, it's a great... Social media is a great thing, a great method of two-way communication. Twitter, better than, say, Facebook. You know, occasionally you get yeah. people adding you on Facebook as a Facebook friend. You're like, I've never met you. This is my space. And Instagram, you comment, you can get lost in comments. Whereas Twitter, you know, there's, there's a column for, for communication. Anyway, um, talking with these people, showing them a stuff. We did uh, a podcast before everyone had a podcast. Um, <laughs> it was kind of, there was Matt Farris was out there. Uh, Adam Carolla's car, cast, car chat. I don't think Spike Ferriston's was out. Uh, and then it was Gareth Jones on speed over here. And then us. I remember I was, I wanted to do a, um, I wanted to do a podcast for uh, a now defunct uh, website I was I was interning for. I said, oh, why don't we do a podcast? And the editor turned around and said, oh, no, I want an app. I want to make an app. Said, okay. <laughs> But everybody's making an app. We're having yeah. an app. Well, that was the thing at, at, at the time. That that was that was the thing, and then um, uh, I went. Oh, sod it! I'll do it myself then. So got a mate who was an established journo, and my flatmate who was not. Um, and the idea was, you know, established journo was going to be the voice of reason. Flatmate was going to be the voice of the everyman, and I was going to be the loud, angry person. And the whole idea of that was to get me, uh, you know, seen and a job. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> They're a vehicle. A lot of these yeah. are a vehicle for a lot of people. I mean, to a certain extent, this works as a vehicle for me, for Tacona. Yeah. Like, there, there's two sides to why it exists. One is it, it raises awareness for the brand and what it stands for. And the other side is, well, let's lead by example and have some bloody conversations. Yeah. If I, I can't walk around telling everyone it's okay to talk and then sit in and silence then not the talk. whole time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but there's a, a lot that are a vehicle, like yeah. just collecting cars, driven chat. They're, they're vehicles to drive people in certain yeah ways by being entertaining that's all it yeah. is and that was that was that was it and, it and it worked but that was my routine like we did the the podcast it was called the the gas station podisode i've still got the twitter account somewhere um i don't think they're on uh, itunes anymore because uh, they're all i think they're all living on my mate's server he had a server because he's strange like that and i think that particular server melted and the hard drive <laughs> i had with all the raw raw copies on it has long since stopped working so that's all lost to time sadly um oh. 
But yeah, we started, we, we, we were getting invited on launches. We had our own website, which was nominated for an award, which was cool. Um, we uh, we did little videos, which I think, I think there's one or, one or two of those somewhere on the internet. Um, just with a, a flip cam, if you remember those. But it was all yeah. a vehicle to get notes. It was either, let's turn this into a business and make money out of it. But, you know, I think Carl Throttle was starting at roughly the same time. And, you know, Adnan who founded it just he knows business i know how to muck about with a microphone that that's the, that's the difference he he had yeah, a business yeah. i just wanted to make things um <laughs> you know it, it was it was either get noticed and turn it into a thing uh, or get noticed and get a job or turn it into a thing and enter the wider world that way um but that was how i did it and you know i used to get people saying oh how do i do it and it's it's simply make stuff talk to people yeah. read stuff write stuff if you wanna, if you wanna go the influencer route, you know, go and watch as many influencers as you possibly can. Be it, you know, Shmi or the guy who started last Tuesday, you know, you know that. Learn everything about all of them and figure yeah. out where you fit into that niche. Um, and with writing, you know, for me it was, I, I started out. I, I wanted to get into into the job because of Top Gear, like as a lot of people did of kind of my vintage. We watched Clarkson Hammond in May and went. I want to do that for a job. That looks great. Yeah, yeah. me um, too. <laughs> you know, there there were some guys who who read what car religiously, um, or auto car religiously, and they wanted to do that. And you kind of find where you fit into it and and how to make it work for you if you can, if you can do it. I think the 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 great shame at the minute is because of you know post COVID and all that, loads of people aren't going back into an office, which means being an intern somewhere might be quite difficult. Because there's you can't go and like perch at the end of Steve Cropley's desk and ask questions, which is what I did. Yeah, you know, I sat opposite him and asked questions about X, Y, Z, and when he wasn't, you know, working, he was he was willing to willing dealing to with you. Yeah, dealing <laughs> dealing with the idiot. Um, so I think that'll be that'll be a shame. I think it'll mean um, uh, fewer people will go into into that route and learn from it. But I. You know, it, it remains to be seen. I don't have the facility to have uh, to, to have an intern. Sadly, I'm a one man band. <laughs> Believe it or not, I get requests for people to come and intern with me. And I'm like, oh, it's, I'm in my living room. I don't I don't think uh, there's a space for two of us. My other half's got the desk. I'm on the sofa. Like, I don't think we could facilitate that, unfortunately. Sadly. Um, yeah, maybe when it grows a little bit bigger and we've got enough space to have a standalone place. Yeah, yeah perfect well we'll try and help where we can but uh, for the time being it's me sat on my sofa and i've got a box of t-shirts over there that, that's as, as, as busy as it gets amazing um, and it, i just bumble around trying to figure out how to make things work that's the, the just like everyone what what no one tells you when you when you start something or when you go into an industry or when you grow up it's like no one knows what they're doing and that's not that's not being flippant um, and it's not like something someone says on a sitcom to make a child who's just, you know, ridden a motorcycle through a plate glass window feel better. No one has a clue. We're yeah. all making it up with various levels of, of confidence behind us. Yeah, that's yeah. And it. there's some amount of experience that can mm. indicate where this might go. And that's about as far as you can get. Yeah. Like, and you, you get requests. Oh, can you do this? And I'm like, well, I've never done it before, but let's, let's give it a go and see what happens. The next thing you know, then. But the person asking you, can you do this also can't do it. <laughs> yeah but they, but they think you might be able yeah. to because you've given off enough indication that there's potential for this to go the way they want it to this person is yeah. is not that much of a moron let's see how that goes 
I think just having confidence does half yeah. the job for pretty much everyone. Um, I know it's opened a lot of interesting doors for me, just going, oh, hey, this looks fun, should we do this? And people go, oh, all right, you seem pretty confident, let's let's crack on, how are we getting on it? Um, and it, it, it's a great one, and I think if anybody listens to this, it's a real nice piece to get that from you as someone that a lot of people look and go, oh, that guy's he's writing a lot, he's on videos, he's at launches, he's... Lord driving around and you look at me like that and i'm just a, i'm just a shiny man who refused to go away that was my thing well um, that, it, exactly it, 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 it's it's all it's always very it's 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 very humbling very heartening when someone goes can you tell me how to do what you do because you know i i think like everyone uh to a certain extent there's a little bit of imposter syndrome of like how yeah. did this happen like why am i here doing this why are people asking for my opinion like every now and then someone would come up to me or, or message me going oh i bought that car because of you and i'm like why oh crap why no sorry do that? <laughs> don't listen to me but it, it's it, yeah i it, i'm i always kind of struggle with um with people kind of saying nice things to me about work because i don't feel that i'm i'm that person if that mm. makes sense i kind of i live in my own bubble largely silently because I'm, I'm on my own so i kind of live live i'm wearing a, a brown dressing gown right now so kind of like a, a silent monk um, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh kind of shuffle around and then all of a sudden people are like oh yeah i really like what you do and i like your videos like a at vista we're, were we having a chat at vista and someone kind of rocks up and goes i really like your videos I'm like thank you I haven't done yeah. one in a while, but thank you. It's very kind. <laughs> well, I think we might have been chatting about Carfection. Um, yeah. Because I was very lucky that, again, Henry Catchpole yeah. being the gentleman that he is, he wore one of my T-shirts um, in one of the Carfection videos. And mm. I was saying, oh, it's wild that that little gesture has then had a, an impact to the other side. And I hadn't realised that you were in a few of them previously. Yeah, well, um, so so the way, the way Carfection... Perfection. What what it it started actually? It's ten years ago this year, uh, and it used to. I was working um, at a news agency, uh, and I'd met Drew Stern on a on a trip that I was on for the podcast, right? Which was ridiculous. So the the the, the podisode there, Volvo did this trip. Uh, they used to have a sub brand called Drive E, which was their super eco cars basically right. a tiny diesel engine with a massive turbo on it. And the challenge <laughs> was to drive from Marlow, their head office, to Meyerhofen on one tank of gas uh, for, I think, Snowbombing Festival. Um, okay. And, you know, Drew and Rory Reid worked together on CNET. Um, Drew was the producer, Rory was the host, and they, they kind of had, had adventures. Uh, and, yeah, we met them there. Um, and it turned out they were... Their then-parent company, CBS, was looking to set up this new car channel thing um rory uh left and drew stayed and yeah i got a, a an email from or a text from drew a dm or something saying hey man uh got a thing for you are you free for a pint um and i'd been in this news agency job it's my first proper job in the industry after years of freelance and bouncing around and interning it's like oh man i've got a job this is great um and i went for more than one pint um, and we, we had a, a good conversation. He basically went, we're setting up this thing called XCAR and we want you to make the kind of videos you want to watch. That's the brief. We've spoken nice. to a few people. Um, 
but I wanted to sound you out about it. We've got, yeah, we've got X, Y, Z people in mind, but um, he was like, you've got connections in the industry. You're young enough to, that you aren't jaded yet. <laughs> I was 20, 26, 25. That seems to be it... a common theme when talking to people that are either in entertainment or in the automotive world. It's yes. By the time you hit 40, you become very jaded. <laughs> jaded and angry. Yeah, it's like, you're not, you're not jaded yet. You're known in the industry. Um, you're good in front of a camera and we can sort the rest later. Um, and I, I took a bit of time to think about it. And uh, and yeah, I, and then that was my job for five years. We It was X-Car and then it changed name in 2016. So if you hear um, sirens... Sounds of head, London. I, I, I live on a main road in London. Uh, so being... Si- silence is quite hard to come by. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was X-Car for, I think... Four years, four years, maybe, th- maybe three and three and a bit years, uh, and then we had to change the name to Carfection for various reasons that I don't really want to go into. Uh, that was the day we made that change. It was we'd moved into a new office. Um, we had uh, Boss Man Drew was away. We had a new producer Charlie Rose starting, uh, and we changed the name. So all it was basically one. all new except so every, for you everything guys. was new and the the there are very few things that get to me um with online things like i've had death threats over an opinion on a car and i've had people like uh i i did a thing with uh well, I, was a, I was interviewed by the bbc last year i think about social bubbles and i said oh i you know if if we didn't have bubbles i might not be having this conversation someone found me on instagram and gave me abuse for being honest on the news like that stuff doesn't bother me but the amount of bile and and hate we got for that name change it just it just floored me because i was ever i was so overwhelmed anyway um yeah uh, that's wild though like such a small thing yeah in the terms of the content is still the content the people are still the people we're just going to change the name to to see yeah. what we want to make and it. oh no we hate this we like this i like it i yeah and that was the point i stopped reading comments like i was like i, yeah. I can't do this anymore uh but yeah so we changed the name to carfection and then i left so i started in 2012 i left in may 2017 um which is when henry henry took over basically uh so right. yeah my, my job became his job and then yeah the job i left to go to was sodding awful um and yeah, I left left that and went freelance, and then I've been doing kind of bits for for Carfection ever since. Really, it's it's one of those things. It's it feels like because that was, it was my second proper job, but it was my break. Yeah, that was the thing that kind of made me me because I was given complete editorial freedom. Um, I could pick and choose what we wanted, and I got to grow the thing. Like we started with nothing. We had. Mm cross promo from CNET and GameSpot because those were sister sides um, and we were just a, we were just a little YouTube channel a little bit of an experiment I think um, and then yeah Roadshow in the US kind of became the thing around it and we became a show on that right um, I see and it was it was it was such a, a wonderful thing um, to, to be allowed to play with because now it's a more established thing there's a lot more expectation there Mm. Um, there's a lot more kind of this is what it is now you know they're on nearly a million subs and it's you know it's this it's this big deal and it's the most beautiful thing most beautiful films they make um, whereas back then if we wanted to take a couple of crazy carts to Toys R Us we could do it 
It was yeah, fine. Yeah. All I had to do was make the phone call. The crazy cart people said yes. They sorted out Toys R Us. We borrowed a van from VW. You know, we played. You know what? That video's done something like 19 million views, which is ridiculous. Really? And well, if you people want... like to see that, though, don't they? They like to see people having fun and having, like, well, I've never been able was... to do this. I can't turn up at Toys R Us with a crazy cart. But these guys have done <laughs> it, so it'd be can. interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very strange thing, like that whole, the, 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 the example of the editorial freedom, right? So, you know, we had the, 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 uh, the usual, which was pretty car, nice story, you know, tell a tell a tale about a car. So we did one about. I think we had a uh, four five eight spider, and we did something about mid engine Ferraris. Uh, and we went to a, this Ferrari dealer and shot loads of loads of mid engine ones, and it was it was really cool. Um, then we had the kind of more out there stuff like crazy carts in Toys R Us. And then you get weird stuff. Uh, I spent two years as a kind of background project making a documentary about DeLorean. Um, oh, nice. You know, it's one of the things I'm, one of the bits of work I'm most proud of um, mm. because it took, it took ages. The interviews we did were, were great. Like the story, uh, we, were, it, we were flying to the US to go to the new DeLorean factory and I was reading this book um, and I just went, DeLorean is a bit of a crook. Like not even a not that we we already knew that, but like the book was quite vicious about him. So I went, sorry, yeah. let's make a documentary. So we just did a few more interviews while we were there, and then carried the story over. I ended up at the thirty fifth or thirtieth anniversary DeLorean workers reunion in Dunmurray near the factory. Like it was really weird, cool but strange, strange, strange place to find yourself. What in. a journey to have gone yeah. on just off the back of oh, this off could be an interesting of, thing. This would be interesting, but. Out of all of that, the one that took two years to make, and it, it, it won a telly award, which I'm quite proud of. Um, Very nice. Because <laughs> it's silly. Um, out of all of that, the DeLorean video didn't do mega numbers. The Ferrari video did, you know, decent numbers. The Crazy Cart video was front-paged on YouTube for, like, half an hour and, like, 19 million views or whatever it is. It's like, of all of the things that I would want to be remembered for, it's... it's Crazy Carts and Toys R Us. That wasn't number one on the list. It was a cool thing to do. We ended up doing three of them. We we did one race. We did one racing in the office, and we did, like, a... Because we had it, like, one of the sister sites had it, and we were banging like banging it around the office and having fun after after work finished and then we went you know what should we make a film on this so we did a serious carfection or x car as it was back then review film on it around the office and then we did a chase we borrowed a second one um and that the film itself ended up all over the world like the sites in america took it uh, australia south africa like it went everywhere and crazy car were like oh this is great do you want to do another one um the only problem was we did so much damage to the office <laughs> we punched a hole in a wall downstairs near our storage thing we um we kind of chipped paint off of it was the it was big orange kind of pods we chipped paint off of things it was yeah we did some damage it was we were told <laughs> so you thought we'll take it to toys r us and damage well, there instead we were told we weren't allowed to play with toys in the office anymore um oh. because we did a lot of damage um and yeah, yeah so we did the toys r us thing and then the guy who invented it, a chap called Ali Kamani, saw it, and he's Ken Box. If you if you Google Ken Box, oh right, he's the guy that invented the crazy car. His whole story is mega. Um, he invented the crazy car. He saw it, and he was in the UK, and we did uh, X Car versus Ken Box at Silverstone. <laughs> 
Um, and it was the most surreal day. It was brilliant. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, strange, strange adventures in the island. I'm still very lucky to be involved in it now. Um, you know what? When Henry kind of took over uh, lead lead duties, um, you know it went. It moved. It moved the game on really. Because I'm I'm not a big skids person and Henry is and that's what people wanted to see, <laughs> you know I, I I do flowery stories and kind of oh I'm going to think about this and ponder it and Henry goes watch this ah while yeah, I yeah. ponder it watch this while I while I make you rethink your life choices so <laughs> oh, brilliant it's very much a similar kind of Chris Harris on cars the the take was people wanted to see him slide a McLaren P1 yeah. around Yas Marina in the dark with all the lights and everything yeah. that that was the draw of that so i imagine it was a similar audience that then yeah. went oh, oh of course. there's another guy doing a, the same kind of thing oh, the more the merrier i love that kind of content yeah um and it, it's it's probably why it took a different direction and well, found another it, another it, audience it, it, it took the direct it's the same audience it's just the the you know i, I don't know the ins and outs of it because i've not seen the not seen the the metrics because i refuse to look at numbers anymore they just make me sad um <laughs> But you know, people, it, yeah, we just took it in in that direction. It's it's great. It's it's more, way more technical than I would I would, than than I'm kind of comfortable with doing basically because I'm not yeah. that clever. Um, but hey, hey ho, it's uh, it's great, and I'm I'm really proud of of what I, what we did there, and what it's become, and to still be involved in it in in some way, way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, of course. Well. The thing now, though, obviously with you being freelance, is you can't really turn the page in anything automotive or manly without seeing your name written at the bottom. Well, I think if I pick up one of the various magazines, I mean, there's going to be an Alex Goy. I've not been in, um, I've not been published in a UK mag in about four years, three years. I think I did, I did an interview that uh, with someone for Evo, and that was about it. I think I'm, most of my work uh, goes to the US now, right? Um, because I'm in the UK and they're not. It kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, and I've been very. Haven't very I seen lucky. you in Private Motor Club? I was. Yeah, I was in, actually. Yeah, I was in Private Motor Club. We did a thing. Um, I went to the Lotus in Australia. I think yeah, it was, which was really fun, oh. and I felt really guilty. I wanted to call that piece <laughs> Guilt Trip, but Tim had a far better <laughs> name for it. Um, because I, we were driving, you know. 400 horsepower sports cars through devastated wilderness yeah it was the most bizarre thing you know we were driving it was after all the fires wasn't it yeah it was it was just after all the forest fires the blue mountains you know normally you associate your, the the australian bush with you know green greenery and wildlife and all this and i remember just looking out the the passenger side of a car and there were just black sticks and you could see through them all, and it was it was really horrible. And I felt really guilty about it. I felt I I won't forget that. Well, it's not like you set fire to it. No, like, but you, it's, you went it's over there in a lotus and a flamethrower and went, "This will make a great story." Yeah, and then you're it? like, "Oh crap, I feel guilty now." Um, but it's um, it was it was just that kind of these cars are kind of part of the problem because the reason Australia that. goes on fire is is climate related and it turns out driving a three and a half litre v6 doesn't help doesn't help does not help so yes there was a little bit of guilt involved 
But in relative terms to Australia, though, it wasn't a seven-liter V8, so you probably uh, you're no, on the, the smaller true. side over there. True. Yeah. yeah, we were only we were only three and a half liters. Uh, it was a four. I think it was a four thirty. We had we had yeah loads loads of stuff. I think the the one for private motor club was an Evora, and mm. the one for because I that that trip I did did the thing for PMC. I did a road test for GQ. Uh, I did a piece on driving around Bathurst for the drive and then a review kind of thing for the drive something for, on the Elise for Drive tribe um, and who am I forgetting I hope I'm not forgetting anyone I did a lot of content out of that trip it was, so this it was is the busy. thing when when we spoke not long after I'd started trying to figure out what I was doing mm. I, I asked because I was reading PMC at the time I said oh I'm really curious as to how you end up in these stories and how this all comes yeah. about and you, you basically went I try and find an interesting trip and then I try and find as many different angles yeah. that I can talk about it from and send it to as many different places. And then it, it's the smart and efficient way to capitalise on, on the trip. Yeah, man. It? I mean, it's uh, show me a freelancer who doesn't who doesn't do something like that um, because it's it's nigh on it unless you're contra- unless you're kind of got an exclusivity deal and, you know, they've sent you on that particular that particular trip. Um you know, I was I got the phone call from Lotus saying, Would you like to come? Yes, please. Uh leave it with me for how many people I can I can work this into. Yeah. Um and it's their best yeah. interest, isn't it? Well, they yeah, get it's, their it's car it, in Well it's so it's, many it's in it's in my best interest because if I'm spending that I think the trip was supposed to be three three or four days. Um if I'm gonna spend, you know, three days in Australia but then two days travelling either side, that's a week. Yeah. So I have to use that week effectively. I mean, it's just smart business, really. <laughs> it's my use of time. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's it's one thing. I was saw. I went, uh, went to a, a thing the other week, and I was, say saw a colleague and said, "Oh, how you doing, man? Congratulations on new job and engagement and all this." And he went, "Yeah, how are you doing? You're everywhere." Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's just by being efficient with your utilizing all these industry people that you're connected to to go right i've got i'm going on this trip i can give you x i can give them yeah. y i can give them z. like it's the smart way to do it and yeah. if you don't think like that then you'll you'll always be scraping around trying to figure i've got to write an article on this lotus for just one magazine well, yeah no, do it for four do it well yeah do it. so so long as the angles, like, you don't want to plagiarize yourself and yeah. I've, I've made that mistake before and the 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 awful feeling that goes alongside it of like oh man this is i've 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 done this to like i thought the angle was sufficiently different enough that it yeah. wouldn't merit mentioning and it wasn't and you know you get an angry email an angry phone call and then lots of um lots of humility later and it's kind of patched over but you know it's it, it's it's a mistake a mistake i've made i, I did feel pretty terrible about that particular well that I, particular I imagine mistake. it's it's a very uncomfortable time to be in when you get off that person's called me up and gone, why have I just read a, a very similar thing in a very yeah. different magazine <laughs> yeah. that I've paid you for? Yeah. Um, huh. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> what would your, your current take? So a, a few things that I have some involvement with have some very different dynamics to how they work. So there's a group of guys that I do a lot of stuff with, the the Backroads guys. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the Backroads TM, because they'll be listening to this and they've recently trademarked that name. Oh, congratulations and they will pick on, up on it. everybody. The Backroads TM, right, okay. Yeah, I if will... I don't mention it, they'll pick up on it and then they'll try and charge me a million pounds or something. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think what you should do, as, the, as they've trademarked it and they're taking it very seriously, is behave like the, the, the child that you should be and just constantly <laughs> mock them. Oh, you have a, do, do you want a uh, cup of tea, TM? 
Do you want a cup yeah. of coffee, TM? Or would you like a sandwich, TM? <laughs> I'm going to send them this clip as well, just this snippet. <laughs> <laughs> if any of them ring me, that's going to be the, uh, the ringtone for them as well. Um, Lewis Warren, those, TM. Yeah, exactly. Those guys are really putting a lot of passion and effort into creating mm. high-quality content. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to do almost like a Carfection style here is something that is interesting to watch, but it's made nicely and it, yeah. it's quality and, and they're doing it on like no budget. They, they've hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube and they're starting to get a little bit of money in that can pay for the fuel to go to a thing. Yeah. That kind of, but they're, they're putting their heart and soul in. And as a little group, we're trying to work together to maximize what we can then go and do together. So yeah. we recently went to Farnborough to go racing, classic racing simulators. So we went down as a group did a load of videos, did a podcast, took some photos as a group so that we can turn around to the people that invited us and go, look, here are six things that we've created yeah. rather than just one apiece. Um, so those guys are really in that we're going to make high quality video content. And then on the flip side, there is another group that I'm involved with. And because I'm becoming a little bit more recognized as a person around mm. Kona and the mental health stuff and being out and being present and doing podcasts and things like that, I've now been pulled slightly into this, oh, you're a bit of a personality group, which involves the likes of influencers, yeah. which is a weird, it's a very weird dynamic shift to be around. It's all, I remember talking with uh, Drew at Carfection about this. It's kind of, you, there comes a point where you straddle the line between journalist and influencer, and you yeah. can kind of, it can go both ways. So, like, I've been invited on... A lifestyle rotation of a launch because oh well if you're doing a film for confection then it's kind of we view that as lifestyle rather than journalism or you get you know the the oh well you, you you're on the journal thing here's the press pack now sort of um yeah. and it's it, it's it's very different because i think the the lines now are quite easy to blur um not, not in a bad way i think the uh there's there's different types of, of influencer, there's different types of journalists, you know, there's there's the hardline news guys and there's the let's go do skids guys and there's the look at how great my life is, what colour am I going to wrap my car uh, yeah. guys and then there's the let's go on an adventure together people, you know, there's there's a, there's a kind of a big matrix of, of people and how it all works. Yeah, of course, and I think there's a big dichotomy between the camera angle can be on you, but whether it's at the end of your arm or mounted to something seems yeah. to be a very clear split, whether it's an influencing <laughs> thing or a journalist thing. If you're holding the camera, you're an influencer. If the camera's mounted to the car and looking at you, you're probably a journalist. Wow. Um, but it, it, it's then leading to this, this new world of marketing for businesses where they go, mm. right, we will have like an influencer day. Yeah. And then you'll see a flood of the same eight minute video with a different person holding the camera arrive how as an actual journalist do you do you find this new kind of dynamic shift for you do you feel like it's invasive in any way or do you go right i'm going to go and make a, a journalism piece and i'm going to let these guys do the hey guys here's a new ferrari I mean, let's I, go and uh, nosy around it with with anything they're, they're used to when first it was basically journalists are quite a protective bunch and it's very funny to watch um so when blogging became a thing so when i when i was trying to join the industry in 2008 you know, YouTube, YouTubing wasn't really a, a thing like web video was uh, it was very expensive then. And it was very complicated because, you know, you couldn't you couldn't do a, a cinema mode on a phone then. You know, you were lucky no. if, if you got one pixel out of out of an iPhone then. Right. 
Um, so video wasn't a thing and it wasn't accessible really. Um, so, but blogging was. So all of a sudden you'd find all these people going, um, I have an opinion on this and they'd put it on Twitter. And some of these bloggers would be invited on launches. You know, I was I was a podcaster, but we had the uh, alexgoy.com was was a blog um, because I needed to showcase what I could do. Um, uh, Podisode.com was a was an outlet. And so we were invited on stuff. And then um, if you look at uh, Keith Jones is a really good example. Of this He started off as a blogger um, and now he's now well, then he went to Parker's and now he does sort of pro professional spreadsheet geekery and he loves it. Um, and bloggers started getting access to things that journalists traditionally had for themselves and that riled them up quite a lot and you'd see it on Twitter going oh the bloggers or oh, what are they doing here they're, they're, they're not proper journalists um, and then when the influ when influencers started becoming a thing there was this similar level of anger because this bloke who came out of nowhere with a camera on the end of his arm, or on a on a stick, or or on a tripod, um, who hadn't started off on Kia Picantos and worked their way up and and all this, um, was was on a on a Jag launch or was on a Maserati launch, and they were being given the same same cars, same time, if anything, more preferential treatment because they had a bigger audience, and there was this yeah. whole thing of oh well, how can what why is this? And there was a kind of this depressing bitterness about it. Uh, because it comes uh, from that, like I've done my time. Yeah, I've I've waded through the crap to get yeah. here, and this and guy's it, just strapped an iPhone to his arm, and now he's here as well. You know, he's, he he's he got his initial content because he owns a nice car. You know, he he started off with a Ferrari, and people wanted to see it, and then all of a sudden he's been invited on this launch. There was a lot of business about it. There's not so much anymore, but it was it was put to me very very well by um uh, 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 a colleague in pr and he went there's loads of different kinds of media mate yeah. like just because someone doesn't like football doesn't mean we have to cancel all the football uh people <laughs> absorb their their media in different ways are so good on the prs for getting on it i mean i remember being quite quite snippy and quite you know unpleasant about influences in the in the past um because i was a jealous little boy um uh, and now it, it honestly it i want does millions of views yeah well it's, it's i want millions of views i want the access they've got um, you know, I want this, I want that. Um, it's all very grass is greener stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I think there's a, a certain amount of, it's, it's a very much a pendulum. Like mm. we've, we started very much on the written thing and even with the written side, it used to be very factual. Yeah. And then there's a tangible shift with the likes of clocks and then that became more popular. Yeah, it's like, I mean, oh, we can, we can pop a few jokes and make it entertaining. Yeah. And then we've, we've swung all the way to, it's just blokes pointing at themselves going, oh, there's a Ferrari behind me. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see a bit more of a swing into the middle where people are finding an audience that like the the attention to detail, but also like the personality. And Top Gear, again, obviously, is a, a case in point where people watch for the personality, but they also appreciate the the level of cinematography and the detail in it. Yeah. And we're, we're on this swing of, right, personality-driven versus factual versus... And we're we're finding this right balance. Well, I, I I don't think there's there's a I don't think there's a perfect balance because there will be forever the person who religiously reads also car and pours over the stats in it and you know goes oh boring stroke of this is different to the boring stroke of that and understands what that means, um, and there will there will be someone who really wants to know what I know Shmi's up to today, 
And, yeah. you know, they can be talking about the same car and there will be that, that you can't please everyone uh, with, no, with no. one outlet. There won't be this sort of one homogenous blob that's like, this is your car content. Enjoy. <laughs> like that's, it's never, <laughs> Which it's is never going to be like that. And that's, Which is I, the best way for it, though, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I, I love the fact, you know, I've got a, a shelf full of magazines. You know, I've got uh, Motorpunk magazine, which where they write off uh, rental cars having a tug of war in the desert. You've got, you know, the, the fineries of, of the road rat. Um, you've got Magneto being all shiny. Private Motor Club doing what Private Motor Club does. You know, all these, there we are, there's Magneto. All these, <laughs> all these kind of wonderful things. And they're all different from one another. Um, yeah, and it, it's great the, to have such a variety because people are various. Yeah, so there's man. something to suit your taste. It, yeah. It's not, not the case that everybody's going to like the same thing and everyone's going to dislike the same thing. There's, there's a spectrum of people and there's a spectrum of content. It's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's unlikely you'll find me working for Practical Classics because I don't know how to pick up a spanner, but there are people who will pour over that mag. Um, you know, I, you'll, you'll, you'll find me buried in you know, Top Gear magazine because I yeah. love that kind of writing, love that style of adventure and, 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 and silliness uh, and the, the yeah, freedom yeah. that allows. No, it's, it's great. And uh, funnily enough, I've uh, uh, sneak preview. I've been invited to go and be interviewed for Practical Classics. Hey! <laughs> and I'm now concerned because I don't do much spannering. I can pick up a spanner, but I'm in no way a professional. <laughs> <laughs> You're more professional than me. Oh, that, that's probably a point. When I bought my Renault, I was yeah. like, I'm gonna. I I had an old mini. I know what I'm doing. I tried to change the spark plugs. I cross-threaded the second one. Couldn't get the third or the fourth one out. Brilliant. I didn't realise I'd cross-threaded it. Took it to my friend's garage where it currently is, waiting to be looked at because I think it's got a fuel pump issue. <laughs> um, and I took it out. I was like, I've bought this car for five hundred pounds. I've tried to do the spark plugs, but I can't get two out. Can you just give me a hand? Yeah. And they went, well, we'll have a look at it. Go and sit in our waiting room. They, it's a proper big workshop yeah, yeah. place. And then my friend and his dad, who owns the place, walked in. And it was like the moment, you know, when in like TV shows, the police knock on the door. Yeah. And like, excuse me, miss, we need you to sit down. Your husband's died. Yeah. It, they came in with the same feeling of that. And, they, <laughs> <laughs> and my friend's dad, who is a seasoned Renault veteran, like he did yeah. his apprenticeship on Renault 4s. He went, you're not the first person to have done this. You won't be the last person to have done this. It's very common. But you have cross-threaded a spark plug. And I was like, I've just ruined the block on day one. He went, we'll try and fix it for you. But potentially, yes, you've, you've bought this car <laughs> and the first thing you've done to it is break it. Uh, I was very lucky that they managed to uh, to fix it for me. Um, but that that was about me going, right, OK, maybe I'm not as good with a spanner as I thought. I did what I usually do. I'm running at something with full confidence. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Oh, everybody does this. You just take a spark plug and broke it on day one. Um, these things happen. It, it's, these things yeah, happen. so now that you've said Practical Classics is very much more for people who know how to lift a spanner, I'm very concerned that they're going to start asking me questions about how to lift a spanner. And I'm going to be like, I don't know, I barely know how to make T-shirts. <laughs> 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 um, that's another one. I got invited to a, like a nice little car meet in West London in the tail end of the 2020. Yeah. And the guy went, oh, I've invited you. I need, to, I need some advice on how to make clothing. I'm thinking of doing some. And I was like... I don't know. I just do. I send a design to someone and they make it for me, and that's and how it works. Put it on a t-shirt, and it's great. I definitely don't deserve to be here. <laughs> yeah, you do, because if you're not well, there, someone else will be. 
yeah, and when we talked different. about this, so I was, I was strangely, I was having this conversation with my mother yesterday. Um, oh. She's uh, she's had a, a minor health scare, and so I had to play chauffeur for her over the weekend. Um, and I I do love driving, but London, Cambridge, Guildford, Guildford, Cambridge, London as a loop, not thrilling. Uh, but we had uh, we had a, a, a bit of time to chat, and she was talk. She's uh, she works for various colleges in in Cambridge, doing supervisions in Latin and ancient Greek. Because uh, that's what she taught for thirty odd years, um, and now she does it for for students. And uh, she's talking about internships and uh, these kind of students thinking about getting on on the work ladder, and they're going, oh well, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I, you know, I don't really want to do an internship, and I don't really want to do this, and I really don't want to do that. And uh, she went, well, if you don't do it, someone else will, and they'll get the job that you want in the end, and you're going to be complaining. So you may as well, if you're there. You're there. Don't worry about it. Don't say don't say I don't deserve to be. You're allowed to be confused, but never say I don't deserve to be here. Never say I don't belong because someone somewhere thinks that you you do, if that makes sense. That's fantastic advice. And and thank you, Alex Goy's mum, for for sharing it. I had one of those moments. No, when we were at Caffeine and Machine. Yeah. um, I had a moment of how the hell am I in this room kind of thing? Because I'd gone to do the episode of the Driven Chat. Yeah. But it happened to be on the Monday rather than the Tuesday. Normally they they record on a Tuesday. But it was so that Richard Porter could come yeah. and do I Love You Man and record there. So there was a moment where we were stood in the bar at Caffeine and Machine and there was yourself, there was Richard Porter, Amy yeah. Shaw, John Markar. Weird, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, is it, is it I'm, I'm still blown away when that happens. Like, yeah, and then um, is it Dan that created Caffeine and Machine? So yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan and Phil... Um, I think Phil was there. Yeah. So we're all in this. We're all in the in the bar, all chatting away. And I was stood there like, everyone in this room, bar me, is an actual professional, <laughs> and I just bumble around driving my old Renault, making see, T-shirts. See, I'm, I'm sat there going, everyone in this room is an actual professional, and I'm just a chancer, <laughs> bumbling around. I rang Rich. I, I text Richard saying, "Do you want to do an I love you band?" He was like, "Yeah, sure. Sounds great." And I was like, okay. And I then send a message to Phil and Dan going, yeah, I've got Richard Porter for I Love You, man. And they're like, wow, how do you like... It, it's, it, it's, it's very, very strange. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's a lot of the insight. So one of the things that I'm trying to do in a small amount of YouTube work, and alongside with the podcast and things like that, because I, I run a secondary podcast with my friend who runs a cafe. Yeah. He runs the cafe that we do coffees and cars at. So we call it Coffees and Cars. And the whole idea of that and this little YouTube thing is to offer insight into what it's like to work within the automotive world in some capacity. Yeah. Because to the layperson, it's quite a, oh, there's a barrier to entry that we don't know where the barrier is and we don't know how to cross it. And it's like, there isn't. You just have to crack on and see where you end up. Yeah. So one of these things that I'm doing at the minute is trying to go, look, this is what it's like. You just kind of go, oh, can we do this? Oh, shall we do that? And people will say yes or no and you know where you're at. And it's like how this podcast has come about is yeah. I messaged you and went, you fancy sitting down and chatting? And you went, yeah, sure. And now yeah. we're chatting. Yeah. Whereas it's, it's, to... It's it, 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 it's not rocket surgery. It's 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 doable. It's easy, um, but it's one of those. Uh, it, it's well, it's it's one of those things that if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, I remember starting out. Uh, I was so here's 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 the full story. I I did a a, a PR degree at Leeds Met right, and I realised part way through I didn't want to work in PR. I wasn't suited to it, uh, and the degree was it was interesting. Uh, to say the least uh, and we had the option of a placement year so all of my mates did a placement year and I managed to get a placement at a newspaper called First News 
And the, if you've got kids, you've probably heard of it. And at the time, it had just launched. This was, what, 2006? Yeah, 2006. Um, it had just launched. And um, I emailed them and said, Hi, I'm doing a PR degree. I need to do a placement year. I also want to be a journalist. Can I come and do some journalism and your PR? Or some PR for you? And, like, make stuff. And um, I was going through some stuff at... at at that age I think I was I was dealing I was dealing with uh, you know lots of people dying basically and I was dealing with it very badly um, and very long story short it turns out I was not meant to write for children at all <laughs> I was it was I was one I wasn't a very good writer two I thought I was the big I am because I'd been offered a job at this newspaper um, three I I wasn't very well and I didn't know it um, the editor bless her she was she was brilliant um and uh, she kind of sent me on my way and said, look, we're going to have to end this, but I can maybe sort you out with something at the BBC. And there was an attempt at a, an internship at, at Top Gear, but for various reasons that that, that fell through. Um, I've since spoken to the editor about it and his deputy and uh, many apologies were, were, were said. <laughs> um, but uh, they uh, I remember I kind of moved back to, to Cambridge with my mum. I remember sitting in bed playing on a on a PS2 day in day out PS no, PS2 then. Um, day in day out um, just waiting for the phone to ring and then I had this strange epiphany of like no one's going to call you no one knows who you are no one knows what you can do no one knows what you want to do all the all the people who know you are the guys at First News who fired you for being crap and <laughs> someone in the BBC HR department, that's it. If you don't make an opportunity for yourself and you don't kind of put yourself out there, you're not gonna you're not gonna end up in a room with the guys that founded Caffeine and Machine, Lewis Warren from Tacona, John Markar, <laughs> Amy Shaw and Richard Porter all having a natter about life, the universe, everything and mental health. Like that it, you it's it is it's bastard difficult at the yeah, best I of think times. The the real thing that you have to, as you mature and as you grow up, kind of come to terms with is the fact that you're the only person that's thinking about you all the time. Mm. Every, like in your head, you're to, the only one thinking about you and everyone else is doing the exact same thing. To everyone else, you're a non-player character in the video game of their life. Exactly. Yeah. And if you Ready want to be a minor one, is, one or a major one, is down to them and down to you. Are you giving people quests to do or yeah. are you just passing by in the market? Yeah. Where, where, where do you stand? And I think... That's one thing that I've recently come across more and more frequently when I speak to people. And this is a great thing for me to be doing this podcast because I get to have, I get to sit at the end of people's desks and ask yeah. them all these questions, but also record it and <laughs> then, use it for my own benefit. Um, hey, but one man, of the things that's that exactly I'm, what I did, <laughs> and, it, and it worked. Exactly, I'm, I'm just following <laughs> in the footsteps. Uh, one day I'll have a big poster behind me of my car that's drawn by an artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's one of those where it's build your own destiny is a very real thing. Like you have to put yourself out there and you have to try and work in a direction. And the more that you try that, the more things happen for you. Yeah. And it's one of those where you have to put the energy in to get the energy back. And what you put out, you will start to get back inwards. And I've personally seen it a lot. I've been, Tacona has been a thing for like two years now. Yeah. And it's only really just starting to gain enough momentum that I can go, oh, this might actually work. <laughs> This is and a it thing. is, 
it's all off the back of me continuously yeah. going, right, I'll try and be there, I'll try and do this, I'll try and meet this person, I'll try and, and just being at places tends to mean that you meet these people and then they create more opportunity and you just have constantly to, oh, I'll just go there and see what happens and I'll, I'll go to the Sunday Scramble and meet JK from Jamiroquai, yeah. just happened to be having a coffee and the the guy who created Kurt Geiger was also stood there and you're like, if I hadn't got up on a Sunday morning and driven yeah. for an hour and a half to Bista, I wouldn't have met these people. Yeah. And it's purely from just, right, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to go and try and get involved with it wherever I can. Mm. And that's how the whole world works. So whatever it is that you want to do, yeah. just go and get involved in as many different ways as you can and see what happens. There's, there's, the, there's an interesting thing of um, not, there, there's, you're going to find yourself in situations that you want to be in. You know, I really want, I, I want to go to that thing. Or I want to be a part of that thing. But there's also this kind of hurdle that, not everyone's gonna like you which is is one that kind of hit me quite hard quite early on like all i wanted to do was you know be good at my job and you know make friends um and you have to realize that that on the one end it can be incredible but then getting over the fact that not everyone's gonna like you and not everything's gonna sit well with people and there is going to be like the influencer thing there'll be people who are just jealous or there'll be people who don't like your style and don't rate it and like that's it's the it's the realizing that that's fine there's a brilliant quote i've no idea who it's attributed to it's doing rounds on the internet every now and then it's like why do you want everyone to like you you don't like everyone <laughs> yeah true that that's a really good one really isn't it like i could probably count on my hands people that i'm really close with yeah and then that leaves over seven billion people that i yes. probably don't really like that much yeah and i probably I mean, don't like the way they do things. a lot of people are bastards <laughs> Yeah, you you will encounter, and this comes with the more that you get involved with any sort of industry, you will find the people that you fit nicely with and you gel with, and you'll find the people that rub you up the wrong way, and you go, oh, well, both of these things exist, so I'll just lean towards the things that I like doing as best I can. And it's that you can please some of the people all of the time, and all of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time. And I actually said that right, which is amazing, (laughs) because that's such an easy one to get wrong. (laughs) All of the people, some of the people, everyone's grumpy all the time. Everybody's a dick, just get... Get better at dealing with dickheads, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard-coated um, bastards with bastard fillings. Exactly. But I, I realise that we've just hit... We've gone past 11 o'clock, and I know you're oh. a very, very busy man. Yeah, And well, I, I um, have the capacity to talk all day, so I, I don't want to prevent you from going and doing happy, the crazy ha- fun ha- things. Happy to carry on nastering for a bit, because I've got to call a solicitor after this, which is not fun. Oh, anyway, we can propose postpone yeah. you having to do that i'm happy to help with um but from a, a more personal perspective you have been genuinely a kind person to me and i wanted to say thank you physically in a way that other people can hear me say thank you um <laughs> no w- when i started doing this and i've had a similar experience with henry um who has very kindly also responded to the text where i said do you want to chat for an hour and gone yeah i'm sure we can do that, yeah, do that. um when i first started doing this and I was trying to figure out what I was doing. And I'd stumbled into making t-shirts because a customer of mine had the capacity to do it. And I went, oh, I'll give that a go. You you bought one. Like a lot well, of you people. Did, you, did, you did make a t-shirt based on the Lego that I had bought. So... Yeah, and I also have the Lego <laughs> kit. Um, I and you, I, you sent me the message saying, I'm going to do a t-shirt based on that. And I was like, yeah, well, so... that's cool. I've inspired a t-shirt. I'll have one of those. Because I, I, well, especially at that point in the pandemic, there were so many, 
small but I, I kind of went into this weird I must be protectionist and I must look after myself mode but also there's loads of like interesting businesses that had either just started or were or were being hammered by this thing and I was like sod it let's support if, what's you know let, let's do a thing it's it's, oh. it's it's easy to be it's free to be nice it takes a lot of effort to be cruel it does and it sits in your brain far more mm. t- like lingering to be like if someone upsets you you it takes up so much more of your space and your bandwidth than oh I could just be friendly yeah and I could leave a nice impression with someone and that's the impression that person has of me. Yeah. Um, but it, it was one of those, as someone that had just started and had no idea whether it could be anything yeah. to have received. And a lot of people like could have very easily expected something like, oh, I'll share that if you send me one. Or, yeah. And it, it meant a, a, it really did mean a real substantial amount to have had an order placed <laughs> With oh, no expectation. I was happy to do it. I, it's still in my rotation. It's still in my in my in my white t-shirt drawer. The um, thing is, it's a crap t-shirt. Quality. It's not a crap t-shirt. <laughs> it's great. It's comfy, um, and I like it. Uh, and I will I will continue to wear it. Um, but no, well, it's, it was it was. You know what? Very rarely does someone go. I made a thing because of something you did. Even if in, in this instance, the thing that I did was buy a toy. Because, you know, I think I, that the reason for that one, it was very strange because it was it was Drive Tribe's editor was desperately trying to fill the site with content because no one could drive anything. And I'd built a I think I'd at Instagram lived building a Lego Ferrari that a mate had given me for my birthday not not long before. And he went, oh, do you want to do something like that for, for Drive Tribe? I went, yes, I will use this as an excuse to buy a Lego Audi Quattro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, so did, did that. So it's. It, you know, it was it was a it was a cool thing. Like very rarely does someone go, "I made something because of something you did." Normally, it's, "Why did you do that? I hate you. Get off the internet. You're rubbish." Or well, um, as it happens, I have the artwork that. So I, I did the t-shirt design and then I did a, a print oh, yeah, to yeah. go with it, and I have that on my hallway wall Excellent. just out there. So See? something that you did inspired me, and now it's in my house. <laughs> See, that's great. And all I did was get a bloke asking me to to do another thing on Lego. And I used it yeah. as an excuse to buy so Lego because I'm a child. We can child. thank the Drive Tribe guy. Yeah, we can for thank that Russell Campbell, formerly editor of uh, of Drive Tribe, for uh, yeah. for for inspiring uh, a Lego a Lego purchase, a T-shirt, and an artwork. Um, <laughs> no, that that was really mega. So I I get that there are some some people who kind of exist purely on the oh, if you want me to talk about a thing, uh, you have to send me one. Um, and you know, some, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes I get an email or a or a message saying, "What's your address?" And you know, I go, uh, "Why?" And, yeah. You know, if, if it's you know a, a PR agency on behalf of a, a major car manufacturer, I'm pretty sure something's going to turn up in the post. Um, but it was actually it was the the Richard Porter um, "I Love You Man" night, and then I put up a picture that uh, Jack Windsor had taken of me kind of leaning on one of the the supports in the uh in the in the teepee and i had on my big peeled sheep and i had a big scarf on and uh the spirit the chap who does spirit of le mans his yeah. uh they make scarves and things he went oh I, sh- I should get you in a scarf um they get you on one of mine and i kind of looked through looked through his website i went no i'll i'll buy one thanks and he, you know he did send me two which was a bit naughty um <laughs> but you know it's i i i if, if i can help in some way, and if I like what's on the other end of it, then there's no reason not to. 
Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's commendable. Um, um, you know, yeah. there, there have been some instances where, you know, I've, I've worn a thing or done a thing and then all of a sudden in the post, something like something appears. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit OK. <laughs> OK, I'll do that. <laughs> thank you very much. Maybe, thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I feel like oddly guilty for, for, for some of them. But again, it's, ha- that, it's that line between journalist and influencer again, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And Where it's, like it's something it's I very can't easy. Really write about. Like I can't write about a scarf or a t-shirt or a or a pair of glasses or or something like that, but I can wear it in a thing that people will see. Yeah. And then, oh, do I do that or do I not? And how does this work? And how do I <laughs> declare it? And it's it's a bit of a minefield. But if I've bought it, then I can wear it, and someone will go, "What's that? Ah, it's Tacona. It's Spirits of Le Mans. Like it's it's easy." Yeah, of course, it makes a lot of sense. But in as someone on the other side, yeah, from the small business perspective, it means a lot. And there is, it's weird. It's not happened as much lately, but it happened a lot when I kind of first got going. I would have people message me saying, "Oh, if you send me one, I'll wear it." And if you do, and I was like, "I can't afford to." I'm no. literally no, doing it's... this on whatever pittance I've got knocking around. Yeah, and it, it was. It's a weird dynamic to be on the other side of. It's, and I'm like, oh. it, it is odd, isn't it? And when someone goes, well, I'll, I'll, I'll help you, uh, but only if. And that yeah. said, I've had, I, I remember years ago, um, a bloke who runs a watch company. I shan't name them. Uh, but a bloke who runs a watch company, I, I met him at an event. And he went, oh, yeah, how do I get one of my watches in your video then? And I'm like, well, I don't really want one, so... If you want one in the video, you'll probably have to send me one. Well, what what, what about this one? Like, no, it's not. I, I like it, but not really for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then shut me down completely. Ignores me. Unfollowed me on all the things. Yeah. Um, but I had like, uh, if, a similar if, thing. If if the request is I want to put this thing in a in a thing, then and it's not the something. The expectation I'm into, is you provide the thing. Yeah. But if it's that's a cool thing that I like, then I will pro- I will buy it and I will wear it. Like I have a thing with, um, you know, I, I I do like a watch. I can't help it. I just like them. Um, and, you know, I'll filming cars. It's quite easy because there's there's a watch on your wrist if it's if it's a hot day. Um, and uh, which is probably why that that chap wanted one in in my videos. Um, and uh, we get loads of things afterwards like in the comments saying, oh, what watch is that? What watch is that? What watch is that? What watch is that? Um, and I can say it is this because I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense and it's it's an interesting dynamic because you have this sense of guilt as well. Yeah. And like I've now got like an automatic policy that it's not a policy, but it's yeah. if someone asks me for I go, "Right, you buy one and I'll send you a second one." Yeah. Because then we're equal in this this partnership. Yeah. You you've given me something, I'll give you I'm not making money out of it like because it costs me x and 2 is about my profit margin. Yeah. But then you get the thing and you can help support because that's another thing because of the 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 concept of Tacona, people go, oh, I'll do mental health awareness and I'll help you. And I go, okay, well, buy one then and prove that you believe in it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just doing lip service. And then it, it's a really weird, because of that side of what it stands for, Yeah. it means that it, there's almost a weird commercial aspect to people trying to capitalise on mental health. And I'm always very conscious to go, well, you need to prove that you actually believe it yeah. before I ever engage with you. Because I'm doing it because I believe in it. Yeah. I'm not doing it because it's a nice topic to talk about. I'm doing it to make a difference. And some of the, the money reason... that that person sends you goes to charity. Goes to charity, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll support you. Well, 
there's a really easy way of supporting the the, the brand and the business guess what um <laughs> give me some money and yeah. i'll do some good with it <laughs> and then we can do good good things with it yeah it's it's, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things um people 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 bastard coated bastards yeah. though most people are great <laughs> a lot of people and a lot of people particularly in the car world are fantastic there's yeah, there's a lot especially when you start going into classic cars particularly for me has been a very welcoming and warm community um when you papped me on your morning run when oh i was God, in the yeah, Renault, was so funny i was waving at you that so was for, so weird for, for, for context listener uh listeners i live not a single listener that's really harsh context probably listening <laughs> so bob here's what happened um yeah. yes I, I i live in clapham and quite near battersea park well i say quite near about 15 minutes of, of a decent run <laughs> um and uh, it was it. We have. A, I'm in an Instagram chat thing, and you were saying, "Oh, I'm going to going to going to this this morning." And I was I was running in just into the park, and I see this little Renault Five with stickers all over it in the brightest yellowest lights I've ever seen. And I kind of I was running, I was waving, I was like, "I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy." And I was sweating, like, "Oh God, I must have looked like an absolute state." And I kind of just got my phone out of my shorts to take a picture, and you'd gone. <laughs> well, I went into Battersea Park yeah. where there were seven Morgan three wheelers. Well, and when I you sent me that special. photo, well, you sent me that photo, and I went. My initial thought was, oh, he must have been coming in. Yeah. To the because it was the Waterloo Classics. They did a thing there. Right. I was like, he must be in the Morgan, and he must be coming here to meet up with all these other Morgans. And it just so happened that you were on a morning run. I know, <laughs> I think two people with Morgan three wheelers, and none of them, neither of them, are in London. Right, I, um, I, I, did, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> well, there <laughs> well, were a few the there one, that morning. But, um, yeah, I've, I've never seen another three-wheeler in town. Uh, so yeah, we had one was... turn up at Coffees and Cars in Solbridgeworth. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, and it was gorgeous. And it had the, the like military target on the side. Oh, and the, sweet. The shark teeth and things like that. And it, I saw it come around the corner. Because the way we do it, we have the village high street. And yeah. there's a little public car park off the high street so to get to the car park you have to come down the high street and i was stood down the high street and i saw this morgan come around the corner i went oh my god alex has finally come and it was a different guy and i was like oh maybe not (laughs) just another one (laughs) sorry one day it's one of those things where i keep meaning to go to all these events because something that does happen is and i feel i feel guilty um i feel guilty about a lot of things and i'm not even catholic um it's sorry it might be a bit jazzy maybe edit that one out uh, I, I, I was I, raised as a Jehovah's Witness, so we're oh, the next level. Oh wow, yeah, that, that is. Like <laughs> I'm not anymore, guilt. but that was that was my upbringing was was Catholicism plus. Oof, man. <laughs> uh, so I I feel guilty about um, I I so I'm seeing on my phone like I'm getting emails. I hate having an inbox of unreplied to things. That makes me feel itchy. Um, when someone invites me on like a work event or something and I can't do it. I'm like, I'm really sorry I can't do this for you, even though, like, I shouldn't be sorry because I'm busy. Um, but also, when guys say, oh, can you make this event that I'm hosting? Like you, or, like, uh, there was another chap on, on Instagram who is the most... I've, I've forgotten his name, and I, I can't... Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've forgotten the guy's name, but uh, he sent me a really lovely message after i did an elise film the first v last um 
and he went, just watch your Elise film. Um, just so you know, because of that, we're calling our daughter Elise. Oh, so wow. So thanks. And I was like, oh, wow. That beats a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things, I, yeah. I, I, mm. um, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, wow. I'm humbled and honoured and uh, great. I mean, I'll send this to Elisa Artioli, who the car was named after. And you know, we yeah, can, yeah. Uh, I don't think she follows me on um on Instagram, but I've kind of sent this thing saying, by the way, the car that was named after you, I did a film on it, and now there's another little girl named after the car that was named after you. Like, all like cross-mogination, <laughs> oh no, I've gone cross-eyed, all that. Um, but he said um, a few months later, look, I'm doing this cars and coffee thing in the Midlands. Um, I know I know you might not be able to make it, uh, but if you, if you, like a maybe would be great. And I'm like, I can't, do all of these things and I feel yeah. really bad to say no but at the end like I kind of my working week is stacked and it's all cars all the time and I need to kind of have that break but at the same time basically. I want to support as many things as, as, as I can because I like the people because yeah. it's nice to see people and have a chat about stuff but at the same time i wake up on a sunday with a banging hangover and the last thing i want to do is drive like 200 miles to a, to a car meet and just be like oh, i'm i'm sorry i'm barely here i'm really hung over and i've just i've just spent two hours on a motor three hours on a motorway yeah um, i think there's a lot of people that work in the automotive industry that find that a lot of people are enthusiasts yeah. like a lot of people love cars and they love the community there is a certain amount of, I do this all day, every day. Yeah. Can I please have a day off? Like, yeah. As much as I love cars and I love the people, and I love the community. I, it's a full-time, cars is my full-time thing. Yeah, every so often, it's nice to just go, I'm not going to be around cars for a day. Yeah. As much as I like cars. Well, when I said at the beginning of the month, now I'm, I'm taking some, I put up an Instagram thing saying, not going to be normal service, not posting a new picture at eight o'clock every morning. Um because I'm having some time off to play video games. Someone, oh, Gran Turismo. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's work. <laughs> that's, yeah. I need a rest. I want to shoot baddies. I want to get murdered by 12-year-olds on Fortnite. I don't want to <laughs> lap a track over and over again. I'm rubbish at it anyway, and I need a rest. And then I'm doing it on a live stream, and people are calling me rubbish, yeah. and it doesn't help. <laughs> well, no, no, luckily. Yeah, the, the, the pandemic live stream thing, that was a bit of kind of routine for me, a bit of a mental health reset, just to give people a space that was, you know, there was someone they knew, like either from the internet, mostly from Twitter, from Instagram, maybe from the X card days, maybe from reading stuff or whatever. Um, but it was a space like we we never had a full grid like there would be five, six, seven, eight people um, yeah. joining in at the at kind of its peak. And there'd be, you know, occasionally the comments would fill up quite quickly. Um, you know, we'd never have more than you know 20 people watching at any given time. But it was 20 people who just fancied a break and yeah, wanted yeah. to do something different. And I, I, I enjoyed doing that. But then it did it did become a little bit like work towards the end and that kind of that's why i stopped doing it because i stopped enjoying it um but it was nice i like the, the community was great i've still got a twitch account i think when um when the next one comes out when is it march at some point um i'll fire it up though it's also an excuse to buy the next game not the next probably. lockdown yeah no the, yeah the next gran turismo <laughs> uh, not not lockdown for lockdown harder it will give me an excuse to buy another PlayStation 5 for my office so I can have the plastic steering wheel at my desk 
yeah. um, like like the good old days. <laughs> I uh, I don't have any space Ooh, crime. for a serial killer. There's a lot of crime going on around you. I thought you lived in a reasonably nice area. Well, it's it's either or they're driving out fires to other or ill people. It's either. It's I imagine either, there's a lot of ill people. There are a lot of ill people in London because all we do is lick one another, and during a pandemic, that's a bad idea. Yeah, um, and any time one of us Northerners comes down, it scares the crap out of all of you because we talk. Yeah, yeah, you talk. <laughs> you say you say hello, please, and thank you. Um, yeah. Deeply disturbing. Deeply, deeply. I know disturbing. when I uh, when I moved to Brighton. I uh, I went into a haberdashery to get some embroidery supplies around the time I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with Tacona. And yeah. my initial thought was, I'm going to make shirts because I work in business. And if I can use cars to connect with people, it helps with business. Yeah. And that was kind of my first idea. So I was like, I'm going to embroider the golf logo or whatever. So I went into this haberdashery and I was asking this lady all these questions. And she was like, oh, you're not from down here, are you? You talk way too much for someone that's, uh, that's from down here. <laughs> I was like, very clearly not from down here. I say bath and grass. Thank you very much. Uh, you, you mean um, you pronounce things incorrectly. That's fine. Everyone, no one's perfect. <laughs> well, my, uh, my other half is from Luton and her parents, her mum is from um, Southampton and she went to Guildford Uni. Yeah. So she speaks properly and her dad is from the east end of London. So he speaks more London-y. Yeah. And then their daughters are both from Luton. So they speak like they're from Luton. Right. And then I turn up and throw the mix completely off balance because I don't say anything like any of them. And I'm consistently picked up on it by my mother-in-law just endlessly. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to just gonna go and uh, see how the grass is. This like I need to go and mow the lawn or whatever. She's like, oh, you're going to see the grass, are you? I'm like, yep, that's how I say it. And you're going to deal with this because I've been around long enough now. Yes, Julie, um, the grass. <laughs> And uh, we're actually moving back Midlands at oh, some you? point in the near future, so it's only going to get worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a, we have a running joke that if we ever go back up home to visit my family and see my friends, after about a half hour of me being with my mates from up there, my other half cannot understand the conversation at all. Because I'm from Mansfield, yeah. More and more and more and more and more northern. Until exactly. it just becomes a sort of incoherent mass of syllables. It's one elongated mm. vowel the whole <laughs> way through. That's all it is. Um, but I'm from Mansfield originally, which has its own like localised dialect <laughs> as well. So even from a northern perspective, it's got its own quirks. That's why we say duck, because it's from the Dukeries, which is that region. Um... So you only really hear the word duck in that part of the Midlands, because it's to do with like Hardwick Hall, Newstead Abbey, all these Dukeries were around there. So when I come down, oh, you're right, duck. How's it going? Everyone's like, the hell are you on about? Duck? I'm not yeah. duck. I'm yeah. Duck. Um, people just run around doing. <laughs> What's going? On? Um, but yeah, it's it's so much fun to to be around southerners yeah. as a northerner because it makes people so uncomfortable. <laughs> and because I am a northern and b promoting conversation. Yeah. I'm like. It feeds into the brand. You're gonna to have to talk to me. You've got no choice. You have no choice. And, uh, this is this is who you are now. This is how it works. And uh, a, f- a friend of mine um, who's actually been on the podcast, he's a very cool classic car guy. He yeah. restores XJs. Um, he went, well, you just don't give people choice, do you? That's how I'm on this podcast. You just didn't give me a choice. <laughs> and here we are. No choice was uh, given at all. You are talking or you're not leaving the room. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I genuinely do appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. No, I'm uh, happy to jump for on. For more than the hour. I'm, I'm glad we could make this one work. But yeah, I do need to reply to some emails now and ring a solicitor. Yeah, you have I'm, to be a grown-up. I am going to go and make a cup of tea. Please contact me within seven days. Direct, I'll ring it. A...